0: It's an honor today on Philanthropy Today to welcome to the studios Dr. Chance Lee, who is with the Staley School of Leadership at Kansas State University. Dr. Lee, thanks for joining us. Absolutely. Longtime listener,
1: first time guest. Hey, so I'm happy I like to be that. here.
0: I need more of those. <laughs> We need more of those, and uh, you know, you're know you very uh, uh, in tune with a lot of things that are happening in the nonprofit community. You are the director of a nonprofit leadership program at the Staley School of Leadership, and can you encapsulate a little bit about what all is involved in the work you do?
1: Yeah, absolutely. We're a certificate program up at K-State. We have um, an undergraduate certificate right now, and we're opening a graduate certificate um, for those that already have an undergraduate degree, um, in the fall. And what we do is we try and prepare students at all those levels to exercise leadership in the nonprofit sector uh, better, really. Uh, I actually have a new slogan coming out that's, Do Good, Better. Uh, and the idea is just think about how can we be more effective in exercising leadership in nonprofit organizations. So as a volunteer, as a board member, as a founder, uh, and as a donor, um, how can you understand the sector better and how to create change within it? I know
0: here at the, the Greater Manhattan Community Foundation, just within the Manhattan area, like at Match Day, there's like, you know, 70, 80 different nonprofits that all, mm-hmm. you know, are finding support. But there are so many different funds that are out there. And there's obviously a tremendous need for philanthropy. And how is today's college student accepting that idea of people helping out
1: others. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I think there is a real desire to, for community to be involved with thinking about how one's actions can benefit lots of other people, not just themselves. And so students are interested in, in philanthropy. They, they are already donors to projects. They are already certainly volunteers to projects. Um, and they already have ideas and start things. I think over the last 10 years, 11 years I've been doing this, I've had several students come in and say, oh, well, I actually started a nonprofit when I was 18 or 19, and now I'm 21 or 22, and we do this event every year, and we we give back in this way. So um, they are incredible people uh, doing really impactful work. Is today's student a little bit more um, uh,
0: taking the initiative in order to try to become tied into philanthropy?
1: You know, I think so. I I hate to like generalize too much, but I, there is kind of like a, like an individual entrepreneurship that's happening in this generation. Like, you know, everyone's a a creator, a content creator, or like a a business in, in some way. And a lot of them apply that to philanthropy. So the same, the same kind of entrepreneurship I think applies to philanthropic efforts. Like how do I form something that, that makes the kind of change in the community I want?
0: It almost seems like it's a it's a point where technology and uh, the pandemic meet, to where you know we had a couple of years where you know instead of twiddling our thumbs, which many of us did, some of us you know just uh, took advantage of the technology and the information that was available online or whatever, and come up with some new strategic means of trying to do something positive out of the whole mess.
1: Yeah, I, I think I think absolutely you saw. People thinking about ways to make their community better, even despite this kind of, you know, mass pandemic that we are all experiencing together and differently. What do you hope to do
0: with your program at K-State?
1: Well, I I want to grow it because I think what we're doing is preparing students better for entering the nonprofit world. Um, You know, about 10% of the country works in nonprofit organizations, which is a pretty staggering number of people. That's a lot. It's a lot. And it surprises a lot of folks when they really think about that number. Ten um, percent, one out of ten of every person you meet works in a nonprofit organization in this country. Um, whether it's an association or a union or a service provider, a foundation or um or any type, like a lot of schools and hospitals even, um, certainly churches. So you think about that number of people, and if I apply that percentage to K State, there's a lot of our students that aren't in our program that are going to work in nonprofits. And my goal is to make sure that they know about our program so that when they go work at a nonprofit, they know how a board works. They know um, how to market services. They know how to manage volunteers. They know how to set a vision and a mission and design an organization to, to move that forward. So the types of things we teach, I think, are really applicable and I want more students to know about them, so that when they go out in the world, they move all these great missions forward.
0: The ten percent figure that you gave us does that mm-hmm. include the volunteers? No, is that's, that, that's just employment. Yeah, that's employment. And you figure out the the volunteer
1: numbers, probably <laughs> massive. Yeah, yeah, exponentially higher than that. Absolutely. Yeah, uh, I, I hate to say a percentage, but like tons more volunteers are engaged than staff members. But that, it's just a stereotype of nonprofits that a lot of people think most of the activities are volunteer run. A lot of the activities are staff run. um, And until you really get involved and see behind the scenes of all the things the organization's doing, they're run by full paid employees who make good salaries. Like it's a great career path to think about. I can do something beyond be focused on profit. And really nonprofits do, there's a ton of overlap with nonprofits and businesses. All the same business skills you need Um, really apply in the nonprofit sector. They have to bring in revenue, too. They have to manage people, too. Um, But there's something more beyond that profit number, um, which makes it really challenging, uh, as well as some other big differences, like it's democratically governed. So you have this volunteer board of directors who's running the organization, even though you're a paid employee. So it's a a lot of um, difficult tensions in the nonprofit sector that I think Make it necessary for our students to study it a little more before they go out and get a job.
0: What do you see as the biggest challenge that nonprofits face in the future?
1: Ooh, well, there's a lot of them. There's a lot of them, um, and maybe n- not more than than normal, but I think one of the biggest challenges for nonprofits is there's no there's no market mechanism to tell you when you should change. Um, For example, like if I'm a business and I am just not making profit, I kind of know that my business is done, right? Like that's the goal. And when I'm not meeting that goal, uh, I'm done. And more profit is better. So there's a pretty easy mechanism. Not that it's easy to make profit, but it's easy to measure. Um, Nonprofit, let's say I'm working to, you know, alleviate hunger in my community. That's a really difficult thing to measure. And I can't just measure it by people that come in the door of my pantry, because right? maybe I fed 1,000 people last year, but really I should be you know, serving 10,000 people. And So there's no market mechanism to tell me to change, either to, to close up shop or consolidate or, or change my programming. And so it makes it really difficult for nonprofits to make a purposeful adjustment. Again, business, if you're not making the profit, you know to make a change. But nonprofits have a harder time because you've done some good, but there's not a good way to measure. Are you doing the most good you can?
0: Doctor Chance Lee is our guest on philanthropy today. He is the assistant professor and director of the nonprofit leadership program in the Staley School of Leadership at Kansas State University. Doctor Lee, what what inspired you to follow this line of work? Ooh, I told you I'd throw you some yeah, curveballs. That wasn't on the sheet. That's not on the sheet. <laughs> uh, and uh, you know, you're just going to
1: have to accept it. And yeah, we'll see what okay. you can how we'll you can personal. swing out of this. Um, you know, I, I found a love for for service work, civic work, um, when I was an undergraduate at, at K-State. I, I'm a townie, so I grew up here, went to Manhattan High School, and was involved in some of the service clubs there. But I wouldn't say it was, like, that central, um, but it was something I enjoyed. Um, and then at K-State, I was still involved in, like, Rotaract, which is the college version of Rotary Club. Um and then we had this thing called the community service program, which is actually now a part of the Staley school. Um, at the time it was, it was separate, but I got involved with that. And I did, um, an international service team strip, which is a trip abroad. Um, I went to Brazil and we did service there and, um, still it was probably peripheral to my career path. I thought, okay, I'm going to have this career, but I like doing service on the side. Um, And then I joined, when I graduated, I moved to Hawaii and I joined this um, organization called Teach for America, where I was a middle school teacher um, on Oahu for a couple years. And Teach for America is a nonprofit organization. And um, I knew I couldn't be a middle school teacher for my whole life, because it's hard work. um, And I couldn't keep up. But the... um, the connection to the organization made me think this is the type of organization I like working for one that's organizing folks to like meet their vision of what the community or that the issue can be to change something. Um, then I moved to to Austin and Houston and um, worked in some nonprofits there where they were mostly food insecurity-based. Uh, One was called Urban Harvest, where we built school gardens um, and taught kids about gardening in um, food deserts and low-income communities. And, um, and then I came back to K-State, and I had the opportunity to work at the Staley School. Um, and we have this incredible program that um, was founded, I think, about 15 years ago now by... Um, by Nancy Bolson and Olivia Collins to, like, um, you know, national treasures. I would say, uh, two pillars of of Manhattan, and mm-hmm. um, I'm trying to expand and continue their work um, to work with students to get them into into this field that I think has a lot of like incredible current existing impact on on the country, um, and could be more. And so I'm kind of interested in that and could be more space that nonprofits do amazing work and nonprofit professionals will be the first to admit that there's room to grow, as always. So I think um, that room to grow is what I'm really interested in working with students to, to impact that.
0: You have a lot of students that are working with organizations inside Manhattan, you know, in Manhattan community. But what about some of the other communities that don't have the benefit of having a leading university like K-State in their community and and some of the challenges that they may face? Because this is a resource that we're excited and proud to have, but that may be something that – is that something that can be utilized
1: uh, in other communities? Yeah, a lot. A lot of our students do their, there's an internship requirement as a part of our program. So a lot of them don't do it just locally. They'll do it in their hometown or possibly uh, they'll go spend a summer in a place they want to live after graduation to try it out and do an internship. Um, a lot of our students, maybe as we all are, are deeply connected to their hometown still. So they take what we're teaching here and they try and uh, constantly apply it back to where they're from. Um. Have a project where they think about creating a fictional nonprofit organization, which sometimes become real. Um, but as a part of the class, they they develop this organization. They almost always do it in their hometown. They think about what's a need there that that I want to create an organization to solve.
0: You know, we uh, work with so many different organizations, like fifteen different uh, communities here at the Greater Manhattan Community Foundation. And many of them, and I think this is one of the the neat stories that's kind of happened from community to community. And they aren't all based around their foundations. But the foundations have been assisting in the launching of murals Mm -hmm. across Kansas. We have a number of them here, but Clay Center, Abilene, Junction City, so many communities. And Wamigo all have some of these. And I think that that's a neat example of communities coming together
1: to, to add a little extra flair to their community. Oh, I love it. Um, I love that change we've seen. And I, from what I know of that story, you know, it's individuals exercising leadership to change the community in a way that they want. And they brought people together, they connected with foundations for um, support and funding, and and persisted in, in kind of making a change. And yeah, you, I love how like tangible and visual, visual all of those are. Uh, I have a day in class that I usually try to do if the weather's good, where we start down at the blue earth plaza and we walk down to boys and girls club and then down points. And we just talk about the nonprofits that we see along the way. And I mean, really it's like 20 different nonprofit organizations that you can see along that path that span the wide spectrum of what nonprofit means, which a lot of people just like don't fully understand. So like the chamber of commerce, um, certainly the Community Foundation, but also ones like Boys and Girls Club and Catholic Charities and um, all of those that you, you encounter along the way. And one of the stops is those murals um, kind of behind the chef there. And um, we stop and we talk about um, the partnerships that were required to make that happen. So, um, yeah, it's a great example and definitely extends beyond, beyond Manhattan.
0: You know, the visual aspect is one thing, but, you know, it, it shows what a, a community – that loves the, the people in the community that loves their community the impact that they can make not only from a visual perspective but it also serves as kind of like a banner to say hey here's some of the things that we can do to help the people in our community it's it's representative
1: mm-hmm.
0: of the people and not just necessarily the community
1: yeah absolutely i and it makes it special right that makes town um, a unique place to live that that differentiates it from other other similarly sized places and I, I think that's a really important message to send to folks when they come into town and say hey this is this is a unique place we've got a lot of interesting things going on and yes we have people who care about this community and make stuff like this happen it's not dictated from some central thing it is community members working across differences partnering to to make cool things happen."
0: What do you teach your students about philanthropy?
1: Oh, a lot, um, and they teach me a lot about philanthropy. Um, but but really, our program is designed, and what we teach is is geared towards students um, considering philanthropy a part of their life, and they come in with that. Like we're not saying here is some value and you need to take it on. They come in with a desire to contribute, um, and we help basically try and raise the effectiveness of that. Um if we take that phrase do good better. They come in with the do good part and we're trying to say how do you do that effectively a little bit better within a nonprofit context which is how, you know, much of philanthropy is done. Um so I I think what we do is we take the good the the do gooder type impulses that I love and create so much good things in my community. Um and we try to elevate them and make them more effective, again, whether they're a board of directors, volunteer, um, or it's their career, or maybe they're just donating too.
0: Well, I'd like to applaud you and uh, your predecessors and and current uh, staff uh, yes, that that you National do at Treasures. the Staley uh, School of Leadership and the work that you do here. And uh, this is something that uh, you know I honestly was not aware of, of some of the things that were mm-hmm. happening at the School of Leadership a few years ago. Mm-hmm. But it seems like it's just so profound and and so perfect considering
1: you know what we've experienced over the last few
0: years. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, and that's our, that's our nonprofit certificate program um, that we do. But we also have a more broad-based leadership program. We have an undergraduate minor. We have a, um, a PhD in leadership communication. Uh, and we also have a secondary major in global food systems leadership at the Staley School. So we've got lots going on, and um, our challenge is making sure people know about it. Well, we will put that information on the footnotes here uh, on the
0: podcast. And Dr. Lee, this has been a delightful conversation. Thank you for sharing your your uh, thoughts on philanthropy and nonprofit work and leadership. And they all just kind of rolled in together in one big <laughs> happy ball of twine, don't Absolutely,
1: they? Absolutely, yeah. This was a lot of fun. I appreciate
0: it. Absolutely. Have a good day. Keep up with Philanthropy Today by following or subscribing to our podcast on your favorite apps. To learn more about the Greater Manhattan Community Foundation, visit our website at mcfks.org. Philanthropy Today is produced by Astracast. Follow us online at Astracast.com.